Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Well, hey, this is Rick Hall from Michigan Mantic Community, and you're listening to The Counter Charge. And as you just heard, we have another voice that's brand new to the podcast. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start off at the top, as we usually do in these segments. Who is Richard Hall? Richard Hall is by everybody else, mainly Rick, uh, a newer gamer. Let's see. I've been doing the wargaming miniature scene for about three years now. Uh, I started with role-playing and Magic the Gathering back in the early 90s. Did a little board games here and there. My daughter wanted to beat me at a game, just her. So we ended up looking at miniature games, and we came across Dead Zone. And that would started my whole Mantic scene and doing miniatures. So that's kind of your tabletop wargaming origin story. You kind of just, your daughter said, I want to kick your, kick your teeth in. Find me a game I can do that in. And you came across Dead Zone. Yeah, we watched a video, first edition, uh, Enforcers versus Plague. And she just loved the plague. And she was like, Daddy, those are the guys I'm going to kill you with. <laughs> okay. And to date, I still haven't been able to beat her at home. Obviously, you play a lot of Dead Zone. Yeah. Now that you're in this bigger hobby, what other games are you playing? The whole Mantic run, uh, Dead Zone, Dreadball, uh, Kings of War, uh, Kings of War Vanguard, Star Saga, Hellboy. Um, I haven't touched on any big games outside of that except for like Blood and Plunder. Outside of that, all my miniatures games have all been Mantic. And I know you're getting into the RPG as well. Oh, Definitely. We don't really talk too much about Dead Zone here, but what is it about Dead Zone that you you found compelling? Kind of the same lines as some of the people that like Kings of War. Really smooth rules, quick to, and easy to learn. But once you learn them, there's a lot more to the game. I love that there's, for myself, I love that there's no tape measure. Uh, I love moving by cubes. It allows the game to go quick, and you can play a 150, 200-point game in 45 minutes and be on to the next game. That's pretty much what really drew me to Dead Zone. Do you think they missed a trick with Vanguard by not making it like Dead Zone, where you didn't need a tape measure? Yes. So you play Vanguard, it's got a lot of the Kings of War rules and a little bit of the Dead Zone rules in there. Uh, I think they should have gone a little bit more Dead Zone heavy, personally, because you're looking at a skirmish game going into the full mass battles of Kings of War. Uh, a little bit quicker probably would have been a little bit more uh, customer-friendly. It's almost like two different audiences for Vanguard and for Kings of War. Kings of War is actually easier to teach and learn than Vanguard in, in some cases. The one thing that's really great about Vanguard, though, is those models are beautiful. Oh my god, yes. I love the new resin sculpt. Yeah, you just got the new Undead Faction, too, didn't you? I did. Uh, so we're actually playing the what is it, Ice and Iron uh, campaign. We're doing a three-player campaign with... Brian Novak, who's uh, another member of the Michigan Mantic community, and Pat, uh, our Pathfinder leader. Uh, we're doing a three-player campaign, and I am going with the Undead. Brian is playing his Northern Alliance, and Pat is playing the Empire of Dust. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, we videoed the first game, and it was my, Brian and myself, and 
well, as you were just up here, we had that big Kings of War tournament. Well, we've been playing too much Kings of War and a little too much Dead Zone. We kind of messed up on a whole bunch of the rules, but it made the game go really fast because we were rolling it just like Kings of War. Let's transition a little bit into Kings of War. Obviously, you were playing Dead Zone and Dreadball and maybe more the more sci-fi stuff. Yeah. How did you end up transitioning into Kings of War? I've heard stories. You've got an army. I do. Actually, I have, uh, I have my ogres. Uh, thanks to Jesse and Tyler Schultz, those two guys were the ones that got me hooked on ogres. Um, we had a couple guys that play a lot of Kings of War over here in Michigan. Uh, and talking through the whole community thing, they wanted some more players. So it was like, finally, all right, let's play some Kings of War. So I got an army, built up my ogres, played them a couple games. Uh, I suck at it, <laughs> but it's fun. Uh, in over the last two years, we've had three tournaments at evolution games, uh, in every tournament we've had more people show up and it's starting to actually be worthwhile to build up more armies and get more people involved. So I've switched over to working on an undead army, uh, specifically going from my Vanguard army to an undead army for third edition. Your last event, as you mentioned, was a one day on a Sunday, and you had 20 players, which is really good for a one day event. It was great. Uh, the greatest thing for myself about it was we actually had, so we had a couple drops, so we had actually 18 players, uh, but 12 of those players were all local Michigan players, which kind of like opened my eyes to the fact that Michigan can make a home for Kings of War. You got a little bit of experience with Kings of War and you kind of touched on what you like about it, that simple to learn, but depth of gameplay as you get into it. What has you most excited about third edition? <laughs> Actually, you guys. Uh, between Counter Charge and Josh and Nick, some of the local players in that tournament, it made me realize that the game's a lot more entertaining than I have initially thought. Uh, and then, of course, with the third edition rule set coming out, and it's like, ooh, shiny. I, I have a ooh, shiny issue. Well, what'd you pre-order? I'm sure you, you got everything, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We did a big pre-order through Evolution Games. I myself got the collector's edition, the whole bundle with the two-player starter. Uh, now, I mean, I'm going to focus on my undead, but, you know, always worth branching out. So right now you've got ogres. You're working on undead. Correct. What's the next army? You've been thinking about that yet? There's a little bit of me that's kind of like in the idea of forces of nature, just because I like big elementals. And, you know, with the, the blogs on the website talking about the new models and the big models, uh, which means... The Titans. Yes. So, yeah, maybe forces of nature. Maybe. But I'm not going to jump the gun yet. I got to finish. I'm going to actually finish my undead first. So if you look at the hobby, what's your favorite part of it? So when I first got into this, my favorite part of the hobby was actually playing the games. Three years later, it's actually painting. Um, I've really enjoyed learning some new techniques, talking to some really impressive painters in learning their techniques and figuring out new ways to paint for myself. I've had a blast doing it. And recently, my son, who's nine, has also showed an interest. So painting with him. I think that's my favorite part of the hobby is the painting. It sounded like when you got into it, you might have considered yourself more of a competitive gamer. Would you? Was it, so? So you kind of transitioned into more of a hobby guy. Yeah, yeah. I I would never call myself a competitive player. I was more of a casual player. Okay. I just love rolling dice, uh, and it didn't matter what game I was playing. But now it's definitely become hobby first, game second, 
Yeah. Tournament third, maybe. When are we going to see you at a tournament that you actually play? <laughs> you know, actually, uh, a challenge was put out by uh, Adam Kenny here in Michigan that I need to play in the next Dead Zone tournament. Uh, and he wants to play me first round. So chances are possibly at Mantic Weekend, I will probably play in the Dead Zone tournament. And what's on your docket for the next year? On the docket for the next year, actually, uh, Brian Novak and myself have decided we're going to do uh, a minimum of three tournaments for Dead Zone, Dreadball, Kings of War, and Vanguard throughout the year and making our Mantic Weekend that we started two years ago our big Michigan event. I think we're going to split it up so both Brian and I can play in multiple events. As far as travel outside of the state, ah, that'll depend on my kids and my wife. You know, what's the scene in Michigan look like? The scene in Michigan is pretty broad. Uh, Obviously, Brian and myself play all the games for the most part. And we have pockets of Kings of War. We have pockets of Vanguard. We have pockets of Dead Zone. We have pockets of Dreadball. Uh, But for us, it was... Thank God for Facebook. We wanted we wanted more than our 10, 15 players, so we decided to make a Facebook group called Michigan Mantic Community. We're now just shy of 100 members. Uh, we play anywhere from Port Huron over to Muskegon. Uh, we haven't gone to, like, Indiana for anything yet, but it doesn't mean we won't. Uh, if somebody wants to play a game, They throw it up there on the community, and we figure out how to get at least one person to it. And I think that's the biggest part about building a community is making sure there's players available. Describe the scene in Lansing. So Lansing specifically, we have anywhere between 10 and 15 dead zone players. We probably have six to eight Kings of War players, four or five Dreadball players. And Vanguard's kind of a mix of all of them. Uh. And, of course, that whole Lansing community, we're the ones that like to travel. So, yeah, when we go up to Port here, and a lot of the players we have up there are actually uh, some of the Canadian players, like Jeff Burbridge. We'll play Dreadball with him up there. Where do you guys congregate on the Internet? I know you have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. That's the main place right now. Uh, Brian and I are actually working on a website for the Michigan Mantic community. But, yeah, our main location is the facebook michigan mantic community uh link will be in the show notes i'm going to put you on the spot what are your tips for building your community and i'm going to take this tip off the table yes if everybody had brian novak in their group it would be a lot easier (laughs) i I get it but you can't but he can't be one of your tips man that makes that tough and for those who don't know brian he's probably the nicest human being on the planet he's the ultimate sportsman is the best way i can describe him he's the, the 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 best ambassador for any game that you could ever possibly want. Yes. Yeah. I, I was doing, I was talking with a coach from family gamer seven, 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 and it came to me that it was, Brian's just a swell guy. Everything about him is perfect. You should totally get a shirt for him that says that swell guy on the back. <laughs> I think I might just do that. Uh, so tips for building a me without Brian. First off, love the game. If you're just kind of, looking for people to play casually you can pick any board game or any miniatures game but you have to actually have a passion and love the game that you want to build a community around and then it's just stubbornness uh i went through four or five different shops before i found my home in evolution games and it was just showing up constantly showing up and eventually you have that friend or two um unnamed friend that shows up almost every time 
to play those games with you and that draws other people in and just keeping up with it, giving people contact information like the Facebook group, uh, showing them to the other Facebook groups. When you say stubbornness, though, I, I would throw out consistency. When we first started, I was doing a demo or just a play day like easily once or twice a month just finding that right group of players. Well, let's talk about Evolution Games because, you know, you're fortunate to have quite an amazing store. Yes. Uh, Evolution Games here in Lansing, they were kind of like my last stop on trying to find a home. And when I went in there, Larry, who runs it, I asked him, hey, I want to do a demo and I'm trying to build a community. The first thing he said to me was, go for it. What do you need me to order? So right there, like from the get-go, it was like, okay, he's willing to carry the product before I have the people. That was a huge step. What other things are they doing specifically that makes your job as a community leader easier? Well, it, it, the big thing is uh, carrying the product and having the space. Uh, so Evolution Games has a full run of Mantic Games. They have a whole full section. But they're also more than happy to stay a little bit later after close or even open early for us to get in there for a tournament. And they're always they're always willing to adjust to make room for us. And that's a huge part of it. Because when you have a Magic the Gathering release, you've got 160 people in the building. But you know what? There's still that corner over there that's big enough for us to play a game of Kings of War, throw down a couple boards of Dead Zone. So there's always room. Yeah, and they've, they're obviously doing something right because they were able to you know, recently expand and go to a bigger space which gave you oh, yeah. even more table space. And uh, one of the things I appreciate about the store is, you know, the, the bathrooms are clean, it's organized, it's well-stocked. It just looks like a business, right? Because sometimes you go into stores and it looks like a clubhouse where there's stuff scattered. This looks like a business. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and he runs it like that too. From the perspective of your friendly local gaming store, you know, what are your thoughts on Mantic Games? What are they doing well? And what are some areas that they can improve on? What are they doing well? I think, I think the in-house resin is a great step. Uh, I think their models over the last couple of years have definitely increased. Um, I feel that they should probably kind of hold back a little bit and focus more on the games that they have. Like Hellboy was a great success, but because of the success of Hellboy, it's kind of pushed things like Warpath and Firefight a little bit to the side. Where Kings of War is getting a third edition, that's great. It's a huge piece for you guys for Kings of War. Uh, and, well, I guess myself, too, because now I have my undead. But there's a, it's a small business, so they only have an X amount of people that sometimes they get stretched a little thin on the outside. Put your player's hat on and the same questions, you know, from a player's perspective, what are they, what's Mantic doing well and what can they improve on? It's pretty close to the same answer. I mean, one of the things that they are doing well is the third edition escalation for dead zone having those yearly releases for more than just kings of war because you guys have had clash of kings for what we've had three of them 2017 through 19 and now dead zones now had a second summer release with escalation which did the same thing that clash of kings was doing where it's releasing new models it's new scenarios it's new ways to play i think that's a huge step in keeping the community alive and giving them the tools to play their games a different way. Well, let's talk about the Pathfinder program. First of all, maybe give us a little bit of background of how you became a Pathfinder and your interaction with the Pathfinder. You know, how did that come to be that you wanted to be a Pathfinder? Okay, so again, we go back to my daughter in Dead Zone. So I bought the game, put the models together, painted them horribly, 
and was playing quite a few games with my daughter. And I realized that at some point, my kid's going to either really dig this game and always beat me or was going to go to the wayside and become a teenager. And no, I don't want to deal with dad. So it was kind of one of those, I need more players. How do I do this? Well, on the Mantic website, there's a thing about Pathfinders. I read through it and I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I sent out an email. Of course, I sent out an email to the UK Pathfinders. So that was my first mistake. Uh, they got me in touch with Pat. Now, for me, I'm lucky because Pat's in Chicago. It's only three hours away from me. But I went through the interview process with him, became a Pathfinder, and was super nervous because I'd never really demoed a game. But why not? I love the game. I might as well play it. Uh, so I go through and I do demos. Uh, we do events like uh, Adepticon, obviously, uh, Gen Con. Uh, there's, I don't know, there's 50 or 60 of us Pathfinders. There's a small group of you that I would call Super Pathfinders. You know, yourself as one, John Jack would be another, who actually go to all the big events that Mantic has a presence at and actually work there. So that's like, that's like a whole nother level. <laughs> it's one thing to be a Pathfinder locally. It's another to be a Pathfinder nationally. I, I think the Pathfinders as a whole, I, all we are is a spotlight for the community. I give the players a place to meet Facebook. Uh, I set up tournaments for them, but it's the players that create those communities. Uh, we're kind of like just the, the headpiece of it or the, the cheerleader. And I think that's what being a Pathfinder really is, is being that cheerleader for that game and those players. What makes the Pathfinder program work so well? Passion. It, you know, there's, there's a reward system. You do X, you get X. But I don't think that's the piece that makes the Pathfinder program work. It's the the passion that the John Jack, the Shane, myself, Brian, Brian Wade, Taylor, uh, who's a huge Walking Dead player. Uh, I think it's our passion for these games and our just the friendship that we've all created together because we go to Adepticon, because we go to Gen Con. Uh, I think that's what makes the Pathfinder program work is our passion and our friendship and family. And really Pat's ability to find you guys. Yeah. Looking at the Pathfinder program, what are some things that, sh that you think could be tweaked or improved on to make the, the impact of the Pathfinder program have even better? That's putting me on the spot. You know, I'm not really sure because I don't really... One of the things I like about the Pathfinder program is actually Pat gives us free range to do it how we want to do it. Because of Pat saying, cool, have fun. Uh, we've been able to do the like Mantic Weekend. Uh, and his support, he's actually coming up for Mantic Weekend. I, I think that that support there is great. I would love for Mantic to give Pat more freedom to travel more, to be involved with other Pathfinders. I think that would be the biggest step to increase the Pathfinder program is the more freedom for Pat to be able to go out and see the other Pathfinders. Anything else you want to mention on building communities? Don't give up. That's the biggest thing is don't give up. I mean, if you love it, have the passion for it. 
It might take a couple times, but just don't give up because the players are out there. So let's talk about a couple of events that you've got coming up. The first one's the Michigan Mantic Weekend. What is the inspiration for this event? Because I know this is not your first one. No, this is this is actually our second. Uh, the inspiration was Adeptcon two years ago. Ronnie on Mantic Night talked about wanting to do a, a, a Mantic event in North America. Because of scheduling uh, and other events and other player issues with all the Kings of War GTs and everything, it didn't happen on a national stage. So Brian and I coming back from Adepticon, we're like, you know what? We can do that. Let's have some fun with it. Let's play as many games as we can over a three-day period. We picked, last year we picked Dreadball, Dead Zone, and a little Learn to Play Kings of War. That's what we did last year. And we had, between the three days, I think we played something like 97 games. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Pat was able to come up, uh, and he brought some giveaways. So we were able to hand out uh, giveaways throughout the whole weekend. Uh, And we had a lot of fun, uh, which made us realize we want to do more. So this year, uh, Friday, September 6th, we will have Kings of War role-playing game. I'll be running a little special one-day event of that. We'll have a little Star Saga beat going on, and some Dreadball Ultimate. And then Saturday, Saturday's a packed day because we have Dreadball and Dead Zone going on all day. And then Sunday, we're doing uh, a little smaller size. We're doing 150 points, but a Vanguard, which we've decided that this whole weekend will be like the end of our year season, I guess. It sounds like you've you got a lot of things going for this year. <laughs> yeah, we do. What's got you most excited? What's got me most excited? Uh, actually, the Kings of War role-playing game. I've been lucky enough to be part of a part of the playtesting group uh, for running that, uh, where I think that might also be what has got me more into the whole Kings of War thing. Uh, where I started with the Red Box, uh, AD&D. And awesome. I've always loved role-playing, and I love fantasy. And where Kings of War is that huge mass battle in the fantasy world, games like Vanguard bring it down to a smaller group. But then you have role-playing games, where it's a very elite group doing crazy things in this full world. And Mantic, with teaming up with Red Scar, so increasing that lore for the Kings of War world, Kings of War world uh, has really got me hooked so now doing this role-playing game, I can create adventures in this world and link it to a Vanguard game, which then I can link to a Kings of War game. I, I love that. Let's play all these games in this one world. So for those that didn't get all that, it's called the Michigan Mantic Weekend. It's Friday, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. So it's just a few weeks away. It's going to be held at Evolution Games. Correct. And do we have a cost? Friday night's going to be $5 just to cover to play any of the games. Uh, each of the tournaments are going to be uh, $15 each, and you can pay there at Evolution Games. And there's a Facebook page that we will put a link to in the show notes. Come out and have some fun. The other part of playing Mantic Games that I have fallen in love with is the community itself. Uh, meeting people like you guys. Uh, meeting Rob and Jack from the Dead Zone Podcast. Hey, speaking of that, they're going to be there. Rob and Jack from the Dead Zone Podcast and Community Pat in the same room? It's like a Depticon. Or Gen Con. Well, yeah. That's the idea. <laughs> are they coming to play all the games, or do they just come into play just the Dead Zone? I think they're coming to help support us more than anything else. I think there's a hint at doing the Dead Zone Live YouTube channel 
event that they do monthly at Mantic Weekend. Let's talk a little bit about another event that you're helping with, the Michigan GT. I know the Michigan GT is a, a convention that's been running for several years now, and I know we have tried in the past to get some Kings of War there. Talk to us about what you're doing this year. It's I know it's a one-day event on October 13th. Obviously, the Michigan GT is more of a 40K world. And for myself, not knowing really the Kings of War universe up until this point, I didn't really think that the Michigan GT would be the place for Dead Zone and Dreadball right now. Uh, I wanted to go check it out this year and then possibly go back next year. Well, some conversations happened in some of the Facebook groups, and Michigan GT actually reached out to me. Hey, we'd love to have Mantic at the Michigan GT. Is this something you'd like to do? Well, sure. So I teamed up with them, and also Mike Carter is actually going to come up and help with the Kings of War event, partly because of Mantic Weekend. We're not going to have enough players for Dead Zone and Dreadball, so we're going to turn it into demo events. And then on that Sunday, though, we are having a Kings of War tournament. Because it's on a Sunday, it's going to be a short one at three rounds. But I think it's just what we need to get into the Michigan GT scene. Shows off Kings of War to a bunch of people that may not have seen it before. Yeah, exactly. You know, we do one day this year, and then if it was successful, next year, maybe two-day event. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if not, we're going to for sure have a two-day event at Mantic Weekend next year. Let's get into some shout-outs. What do you, what do you got? Shout-outs. Uh, number one shout-out is going to be to Brian Novak. <laughs> you could scream his name from the rooftop. I mean, it wouldn't be enough. So the reason why I'll give out that guy out a shout-out right off the bat is he was actually at my first demo. And he's been with me ever since. He only He's only been a Pathfinder for a year. But he was at my first demo. He's one, like we said before, I mean, he's a swell guy. The other shout-outs, Evolution Games. I couldn't do any of this without their support. Uh, you guys, having me on the podcast, coming up and playing Kings of War with us. That was, that was our pleasure. I mean, uh, we, you know, we had a lot of good friends there. And it was a good time. It was a well-run event. We got one coming up at Michigan Mantic Weekend, and then we've got the Michigan GT. But what's November, December, January? Are you looking for another one-day event? Yes. Actually, so Brian and I are looking at doing three tournaments between probably November and next year at Mantic Weekend. We're going to do two one-day events. And then the Mantic Weekend will be a two-day event. Don't forget Uncertain Scenery. Those guys are amazing. Oh, man. His stuff, I absolutely love. Yeah, you've put me on to him, and uh, I fortunately won, won a prize uh, and put them together, and I'm like, I'm hooked. Craig over at Uncertain Scenery had posted some of the buildings that he was working on for Dead Zone uh, last year. And it was it was prototype, and I had shot him a message saying, hey, this is absolutely amazing looking. I'd love to get some. Let me know when it goes live. So he let me know as soon as it went live, and I bought it like immediately. And... So it kind of started that whole relationship with him. Uh, I've bought multiple things from him. Uh, he has supported all of our tournaments, like the Kings of War tournament, giving me some prize support for their for holdouts. And then he also gives me uh, coupons for 15 20% off of his store. Uh, and it's just been a great relationship with him to move forward with and to keep going with what else can we do which brought up you guys again with one of your episodes about prize support and widgets. I'm still fairly new to this whole running tournaments thing. And after listening to your podcast about widgets and how 
those are pretty excited to get and be exclusive. I've started talking to Craig about doing some widgets for the Michigan Mantic community tournament. I do know that there's going to be some special prizes at Mantic Weekend um, that aren't done by Uncertain Scenery, but done by another local podcaster over at Hobby Knockout. I've been talking to them. Are they mostly a general uh, gaming podcast? Yeah. So Hobby Pop Podcast actually does just gaming in general. They talk about the, the modeling aspect, the painting aspect. They do uh, reviews on some of the games. I met them doing demos for Vanguard at FlintCon last year uh, and have played some Vanguard with them, played some Blood and Plunder with them. Uh, we're supposed to be getting together to play some Dead Zone soon. But yeah, that's another piece of that whole building community is meeting people like you and Hobby Knockout and Craig over at Uncertain Scenery. You think it's like this big expansive thing, but everybody's just a Facebook DM away. Yeah, they sure are. What are the shout outs? Well, I mean, the biggest shout out goes out to Mantic. Mantic and Community Pat. Uh, obviously, without those two, I wouldn't be even having this conversation with you in the first place. As you're listening to this, I will be in the... Uh... NashCon event. It'll be a Sunday. If there's still time, stop by and say hello. Where can people follow you? I do Facebook. I have Instagram. I think it's Healy Goofy. H-E-A-L-Y G-O-O-F-Y. Link in the show notes. Yep. Uh, And then I don't use Twitter very often, but I have Twitter there as well. Uh, Also Healy Goofy. And then obviously Facebook. Well, you've been listening to Countercharge. Keep countercharging and roll some sixes. for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.